look at all the scriptures. Let's pray first. Uh, Father, uh, I thank you so much, Lord. I've seen your hand already today. Uh, Dear God, uh, I I see it. I I see it, Lord. And I I pray, dear God, that you'll continue blessing. I pray, Lord, I'll say something to be a help, uh, dear God, to the congregation. But mostly I want to glorify you. Uh, Dear God, open up the scriptures to me. Uh, Show me some things, dear God, in here that I may be able to uh, relate them and tell them what the Father said. Uh, Help me, dear God, to preach in the power of the Holy Spirit of God. Uh, Bless this church in a very special way. Thank you for the pastor and the people that's allowing uh, me to preach here one more time this side of glory. Dear God, I I thank you for it every time that you allow me to do it. Bless now, Lord, and we'll uh, praise you and glorify you for it. As in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. All right. I'd be uh, uh, negligent in my job if I didn't change gears. Uh, but uh, I, I got good advice for you. A man that's had, that, had a gear shift on his pulpit for probably 10 or 12 years, you'll be better off if you keep it in high gear. Amen. It's just better off. It's just uh, more exciting. Uh, it, it, it's just a blessing to keep it in high gear. Oh, yeah. uh, now, the devil will get up here every now and then and try to pull it down some. Just just pull it down. The world will try to pull it down. Right. Uh, uh, the flesh will pull it down because you, you've got to admit, brother, this is sort of peculiar. Yes, sir. Right? But we are peculiar people. Uh, and uh, we had it for several years and never did us any harm. Uh, and so, and, and we appreciated it. We knew there's no magical power in that. Uh, but you'd be surprised what it did when I'd shift her to high gear, man. Uh, it's just a, a symbolic thing that all of us, uh, can I tell you how I, got, how I did it? We had a, put it up there. Uh, we, we were having a revival. And we've been meeting for it. We've been meeting for a month, every night, praying. I mean, it's rock, at the old rock altar we had, yeah, we got accused of uh, uh, worshiping rocks, too, by the way. Do anything for God, the devil's going to accuse you. And uh, we've been praying for a month, and young preachers, we had a college there, and, uh, you know, we had, I think one time we had 25 preachers in the church. Uh, never had any trouble out of any of them. What a blessing. Uh, and they, they, they acted right and loved one another and loved their pastor. And, and things was well. But, man, uh, you get 23, 24, 25 young preachers in the woods praying. Good gracious. And so then the church called a whole service. And then the, uh, we prayed. And it was on Saturday evening. And we were starting the revival Sunday morning. The preacher came in. I called his name, Brother Whittemore, Norm Samuel. He came in. And, and we was at the prayer altar, and there's people up trees and everything else. And uh, he come in, and he come there, and, and then the young preacher just started preaching, just started preaching, one after another started preaching, running, cheering on. Sometimes it probably wasn't God, and sometimes it was, uh, you know, but we just having a good time in the Lord. I think it's, all right, it's always all right to shout. Amen. Amen. And, and I, there's nothing wrong with that. David appointed uh, shouters. He, they did. He said, you, you said uh, you're going to be my shouter. Uh, and so, so it's all right. It's all right to shout. If you haven't ever shouted, you need to practice home by yourself. 
It, it relieves tension. It, it's better. It's better than one of them rubber bricks that you throw. You know, you just shout. And some of you shout anyway. You shout at each other, uh, but you need to shout for the glory of God. Uh, and uh, I was starting something. But anyway, uh, uh, you had to be careful when you get my age, Brother Whitmore's age. If you get too much off a of track, you forget how to get back. I mean, you forget where you left to start with. But I left with the evangelist preacher walking back to the church. And there's three or four men. Jordan Alexander was one of them. And we was walking together. And he said, Brother Sarge, get somebody else. He said, get somebody else. He said, I'm not in the gear that this church is in. But I'll hinder, I'll hinder this meeting. You get somebody else. I'm not in the same gear. Joel Alexander says, Preacher, you're just pushing the clutch. We'll change the gears. Amen. And so that, that Sunday morning, the guy that owned the transmission shop, when we come in, he had a gear shelf mounted on here. And, uh, and the brother, that preacher, preached that week the house down. We had souls get saved. Gregor, he outdid himself. Amen. And so that's how the gear shift got. Uh, we had to get him in the right gear. Amen. I got other stories about that. You'd be surprised, but I'm not going to get into it. Open your Bibles to Psalm 68, 68th Psalm. If you'll if you try to study up on this psalm, you'll get confused. You'll get confused if you try to see what commentators and what people say about this psalm because uh, they, they, everybody says something different. And there's good men that says one thing and, and good men that says another thing and, uh, and everybody's got a different idea and you've got some of these older writers that wouldn't even touch it. It doesn't seem that difficult to me. But the reason I try to understand what I can and don't try to understand what I can't. Yeah, I don't try to pick up what I can. I just get into what I can. It reminds me of a, uh, a story. Uh, things uh, uh, in this uh, 68 uh, uh, Psalms here, there's some things that uh, you don't see at first glance. Uh, it don't meet the eye immediately. There's some things that's in there that you don't get a hold of quickly. Remember something uh, Dr. John Hull, I, I don't know that's a name you won't hear much anymore, but Dr. John Hull uh, made a statement years ago, and uh, I, I, I found other men said it since then, and, and probably some men said it before that, and, and some said it. I don't ever know where all this stuff comes from, but, but uh, I give him credit for it then. Uh, John Hull said, uh, young men, remember the main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. And so I took that to heart. I took that to heart. And so from now on, when I read Scripture and I go through the Scripture, uh, Spurgeon said this, Charles Spurgeon said this. He said, I'm going to lead the odds and ends to the learned brethren. He said, as far as, me, as, far as I'm concerned, I'm going to fire right at the target. And so the target's different of whatever God shows you. I may fire something in here that you haven't seen. And you may fire something I haven't seen. Uh, but whatever the target is, as I look at this, uh, I find what I feel like is the main message. 
And that's because I've preached on this subject throughout the entire Bible. More than any other subject that I've preached out of the Word of God in all the years I've been preaching, I'm intrigued by the presence of God. The presence of God. Remember I said the presence of God. <coughs> God is everywhere. There's no place that is not present. But I've been to places it seemed like he wasn't there. I knew he had to be there because I brought him there. Or we might have said I brought him there. I, I knew that he was there. I knew that he was there because God, one of his greatest characteristics is that he is everywhere omnipresent at the same time. Nowhere that he is not, nowhere that he has not been, and nowhere he will not be, and all that operates right now. God exists in the right now. Yesterday is right now with God. Tomorrow is right now with God. By the way, right now is right now with God. There's no past, present, or future. He's from everlasting to everlasting. He sees everything that has been, will be, and is. It's because he's living it right now. I'm not sure, and this is just sort of my theology, I'm not sure that we won't have that ability when we get to heaven. That way I'll explain why, how we can have a new body and still be recognized, amen? Because I'm going to see a Brother Whittemore like he was, Brother Whittemore like he is, and how he's going to be right now, amen? See him at the same time. Uh, praise the Lord. So I believe uh, uh, that we need to keep the main thing, uh, uh, the main thing. Here in this scripture here I'm about to read, uh, I see something. Listen to this now. If you don't listen at it, you'll misunderstand what I'm going to have to say. Uh, I want you to go to verse 8. There's a difference in the presence of God and the moving of God. That's why sometime I went somewhere, I had trouble getting hold of the fact that I know he's here, but you can't hardly spot him. I mean, you can't, something's wrong there. I, I didn't understand that. Well, certainly he's there. He's there. You know he's there. You do believe in the omnipresence of God, that God's everywhere at the same time. You do believe that. Well, how in the world can I say God showed up today? First of all, God can be somewhere and show up at the same time. That's no problem with God. He sat down at his own right hand. So you don't have any trouble with that with God. Anything God does does not surprise me. After all, he is God. And so there's no problem with me believing that. And so uh, get all of this. Listen. There's a difference in the presence of God and the moving of God. Can God be somewhere and not move? Sure. And I, I want to get to the fact that shows you why he's not moving. He's there, 
but he's not moving. But let me give you this first to prove that. Uh, here in verse 8, listen to this. Uh, it says, the earth shook, the heavens also dropped. Get a hold of this. I, I wonder how many times we've read this. Not in the presence of God. Not, it, it didn't shake in the presence of God. If it shook in the presence of God, it'll mean God was there when it shook. But it don't say it shook in the presence of God. It said it shook at the presence of God. That means God caused it to shake. And so God can be in a place and not make anything happen. But when the shouting and the praise and the souls being saved and the word being preached at the presence of God. Every sermon I preach, I preach in the presence of God. If I preach in heaven or hell, wherever I preach, it be in the presence of God. But praise the Lord, I want to be sure and preach at the presence of God. At the presence of God, Brother Saul's priest. At the presence of God, this church had a service. At the presence of God, somebody was saved. At the presence of God, the missionary went on the field. At the presence of God, that means God caused it. There had to be a cause and effect. Uh, you can't just be somewhere and cause something to happen. Why did that happen? Well, he was there. No. He's got to cause it to happen. God, please cause something to happen. Cause something to happen in this old man up here. Cause something to happen in that pastor. Cause something to happen in this congregation. God cause it. And I'll stand back and watch the effect. Amen. That's what we shout about. We don't shout about it being caused. We shout about the effect. Well, Brother Charles, I don't know about that. Well, I shout when somebody gets saved. The cause is a Holy Ghost conviction. I don't shout at that. I don't know about it. And then I see somebody coming crying, snotting and everything else into the altar. And when it gets saved, that's the effect. Amen. God's caused it. He's moving. He's moving. He's moving when somebody gets saved. So what I see is the main thing and the main target is what are some things that happen at the presence of God. I'm tired of praying but in the presence of God. That is a foolish prayer. God, I pray you'll show up. Well, that's all right. You're saying, God, I pray that you'll move. Move. Move on us uh, today. It says the earth shook at the presence of God. Big difference in at the presence of God and in the presence of God. The earth shook. The heavens also dropped at the presence of God. Even Sinai itself was moved at the presence of God. At the presence of God. God makes no mistake. He meant to put at. If he'd put in, it would have been a completely different uh, interpretation. He meant to do this. 
By the way, uh, everything's here because of the presence of God moving. The heavens and the earth and everything within. Sinai itself was moved at the presence of God, the God of Israel. I'm going to just tell you right now, right quickly, if I don't get back to it, how big I think God is. Now, don't let this shake you up. I'm just trying to get a little spooky. But I don't believe Mount Sinai was where it, it's where it was then. I don't believe he shook it. He moved it. Didn't the Bible say he moved it? said he moved. Even Sinai shook. No, no, no. Even Sinai itself moved. Now, where they shook it, Now, he could have done this. This is Mount Sinai. But he shook it so that it moved. That's how God does us sometimes. Amen. And I'm getting ahead of myself. He'll shake us till we move. Even, even, that preacher at the first church, even he got moved at the presence of God. So, I believe he moved it. I don't even believe it's where it used to be. I'm the only preacher in the universe that believes that. I believe that he actually moved it because the Bible said he moved it. He moved it. He moved it. And we're going to get to that if I get time. I'm wasting a lot of time. Uh, if you read this, you'll see that he moved at the presence of God. Yeah. I'm going to say something else here before I got down to my verses yet. Uh, I'm going to say something else here. Verse 1 says, let, now sometimes that word means different things in King James English. But right here it means, uh, don't stop him, uh, allow it to happen, uh, uh, allow it to happen, let, let, let it go. Let God arise. Let God move. Let God move. Let, let God get up. Let, let, it, let him rise. Now when God gets up, things happen. Things begin to go when, it, when things gets up. When God gets up, <coughs> that simply means that don't... That, I know we picture that he's sitting down and he's getting up, but I actually believe that he's starting to move. You can't get up and rise without moving. So I believe he was moving. This is saying, let God get at it. Let God arise. And there are some things happen when God arises. But the key here is, who can keep God from moving? If we have to allow God to move, if we have to allow God to move, then evidently we can hinder God from moving. Whether I like it or not, I have a responsibility. Now listen carefully to me. There's a difference in the global will of God. That's uh, God set certain laws into place, uh, and God's will will be done. Uh, for everything, his will will be done. What God set down in the prophecy will be done. There's nothing I can do or you can do to hinder God from doing that will. Right. But 
when it comes to the individual. And I believe the individual church. He said, let me move. Let him get up. <laughs> I say that sometimes in churches that's dead. Let, let God get up. God, we need you to get up. We need you to rise. Move, Lord. Get in this place. We can hinder the moving of the Holy Spirit of God in our lives as individuals. Churches all over, you remember. By the way, don't ever complain about your church. Never. The, the reason you shouldn't complain about your church, one place in the New Testament it talks about, talking about the temple, and said that you made my house a den of thieves, this is thieves. You know what he's saying? You made it what it is. You make you, oh man, you, where I go to church, whatever that church is, I made it like that. You made my house a house of thieves, the house of God. You made it that way. Now, why am I complaining about it being a house of thieves? Because I made it that way. I'd rather make it a place of worship, place of praise. A place of giving glory to God. That's the kind of church we need to be making. We need to be careful how we make fun of our church. Well, I'll fight you over church now. And, and when I when I was pastoring, when I was pastoring, I was at the hospital one time. If I remember this, there's some folks over there talking about me. They didn't even know me. They were looking me straight in the face and talking about me. I could either listen or get up and slap them, but I listened. One of them said, I'll tell you what, have you been there? I don't know. Must have. One of them said, I'll tell you what, I don't like it over there. All they do is hoop and holler and carry on. Sorry, sir. That Sunday, I told the congregation what they said. Yeah. And I said, we may hoop and holler, but I'm offended at being accused of carrying on. Oh. They ain't going to carry on. I know what we're doing, amen. Woo. We're going to hoop and holler. You know why? That's evidence of the moving of the Holy Spirit of God. <coughs> I like football. Yeah, man, I like it. I like it too much, but I like it. I used to go to the games. I can't go there anymore because of ungodly way some of the people dress and act and all. I just can't go anymore. I feel guilty. I got the feeling guilty about it. I, I love it. I like to go there. I like how it smells. I like, I like the pretzels. Uh, I used to eat a lot when I'd go. I, like how, I just like how it is, the atmosphere. I just like it, but, but I got where I couldn't go. And... Uh, but when I went, and still, uh, I don't have TV, but I have, uh, I cheat. I got uh, Hulu, so I can watch sports on, on my commute. I don't feel quite as convicted. <laughs> yeah, that it's only about this big, you know. Uh, but it's got the whole game on it, and, and, and I like it. Sometimes, 
when I'm in my office and college teams are playing, I shout. I go, Woo! I say, Touchdown, Auburn! Yvonne comes in now, you know why she knows something happened. You know what that is? Now, I don't feel guilty about doing that. Now, if I did that and didn't shout in church, I'd feel guilty. But I'll let a rip in here, too. Because something, you know what, that was right or wrong, that ball game triggers a response in me. Now, Now, that's bad. But the reason I shout in church, the Word of God, and the preaching of the Word of God triggers my emotion. We are all emotional. It's just what it takes. By the way, <coughs> you don't care if I just preach. When I was at the ball game, hollering and carrying on like something crazy, and I got embarrassed because one of my church members introduced me as his pastor, and I didn't like it. Never did go back anymore. Because I think Pastor ought to have been there. I'm sorry. That's me. I shouldn't have been there. Uh, and I don't care how much I got up and how loud I hollered. People next to me giving me a high five. You know, doing this thing. Hugging people they didn't even know. Yeah, just because they had on an orange jacket or something. And didn't even know them. I had never had one man say, I'm never coming back to this game. All you do is hoop and holler and carry on. Never had one man say that. They didn't care. They'd get up and shout with me. They didn't mind me doing that. But come to church and say, well, glory to God. He's a fanatic, amen. Hey, if you're emotional, it's going to come out whatever triggers your emotions. And if it's something other than the Word of God, uh, then you might need to get the change there a little bit. Amen. Verse 1 says, let God arise. We're talking about it's a, 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 a movement of God. And I still 100% believe, believe uh, that God rules and reigns and His will will be done as a whole. Uh, God may not use me to get something done, if, uh, if I was out of sorts with God and wouldn't come here today, there'd be somebody else preaching, I guarantee you. Praise God. Yeah, God have somebody preaching, now, he'd still be somebody preaching. It wouldn't affect uh, him. It wouldn't affect this church. It'd affect me. I will hinder what God would do with me. I'm going to jump down to some stuff here and give you this. I'm not going to keep you all day because you're going to be here all day. And uh, uh, let me give you this. I'm going to look down at verse 8. That's where, what I think is the main thing. These other things, I guess they're pieces, pieces and ends, odds and ends. But when I was reading that scripture, this thing jumped out at me about moving that uh, in the presence of God and at the presence of God. That sort of jumped out at me, and I wanted to cover that. The earth shook. The earth shook. Sometimes God shakes things up. 
Can I ask you something this morning? Have you ever been shook by God? Has God ever shook you? Now, first of all, you got to get in the presence of God and be shook at the presence of God. Meaning you got where God was and you got where God where God was allowed to move. And God got up and shook you. Preacher, you ever been shook? Ever been shook? I mean, preaching, and God grab a hold to you and shake it out of you. Yeah. Oh, that just shows what how you get stuff in your mind 60 years later, and you're still there. I thought that song all shook up. Anybody here remembers that? Oh, Dr. Willie Moore, don't you bow your head. You know what that song is. God. Yeah, looking at his feet like he'd never heard of it. He heard of it. Yeah, look at his wife smiling. She heard of it too. But that's not the kind of shook up that I'm talking about. I'm talking about when God arises. And God grabs hold of a man of God or a woman and shakes them and shakes the, the, the holiness and the, the glory and the shout and the amen out of them. <laughs> I can tell when a preacher gets shook up. Oh, yeah. And I can tell when he's not shook. Yes, I can tell quicker that he's not shook than I can when he is shook. Right, Some of them such good speakers, they'll fool you. Yes, You'll think God's really in that, and then they'll say something crazy that God would never say. Right. And uh, you wonder, well, I don't know about that. Now, I'm not sure the devil can't shake you, too. Yes, uh, give away yes. whoever you're listening to. Uh, back when I first started preaching, Brother Whittemore, if you had an outline, they wouldn't let you preach. That's true. Couldn't have an outline. Uh, just had to get up there and wing it, man. You know, all I did was memorize an outline. Same thing. Yeah, just cheat. And, uh, uh, and so they say, you just get up there, son. God will fill your mouth. I used to think, yeah, somebody will fill your mouth. Yeah. may not be God. God says, study it to show thyself the proof of the God. A workman that needed not to be ashamed. Right. Sometimes God shakes the preacher. You need a preacher to get shook. I just thought of the, the burning bush. I, I, I preached a message one time, bush on every corner. Yeah. And I liked it to churches. Yeah. There's a bush. I passed a lot of bushes coming to church. I didn't see one of them burning. You know why you know why you come here? Because it's burning, it's on fire. He, he didn't get all excited about about it uh, being uh, burning. He you know what? There's on that on that desert place there, there's bushes everywhere. On every corner. Every now and then one to catch on fire. <coughs> Just because of sun or whatever what happened and bush catch on fire, but it burned up and be gone just a little while. What got him excited was he looked over there in the bush burning yeah. and was not consumed. Oh, yeah. Your testimony in the long run is what counts. The wow. children of God everywhere that's on fire. But people pay attention when your fire does not go out. 
and he's right. not consumed. <coughs> God shake you. I thought about that. Thought about, and I like to liken the uh, bush to to the pastor too. If you're being shook, and God sets you on fire, if you're preaching, and God lifts you up, yes, sir. lifts you on fire. Everybody in the church dead, preacher. Yes. Uh, you're on fire now, okay? You're on fire. God done lit you up. Yes, God moved, and you've been lit up at the presence of God. Amen. You're a preacher, and you're in another world. And you're preaching and you're carrying on and they're just sitting there looking at you. And you, you start preaching and you come down this front aisle like this. You know what? You're going to catch them on fire. Yes, sir. Yeah, if the bush is on fire, the people's on fire. That preacher's got to be on fire to catch you on fire. He's not on fire. He can't expect you to catch you on fire. Oh, so every now and then just come down here and touch one. See if he, and then he'll get to shout and touch somebody else and catch them on fire. And then you'll leave and say, I don't know what happened today. Well, God moved. Amen. That's yes, what sir. happened. <coughs> Preachers, let's get shook. Let's get shook. We have played with this thing for years and years and years and years, and we don't even know the power of God in his presence. God, please visit with us. Sometimes God shapes the church. Whew. But God never, I've shook the church before. I have, but I shake it apart. God shakes it together. When God shakes the church, he shakes it together. So preachers, let's quit trying to shake the church. I'll show them, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, I'm tired of this going on, and you're going to shake it apart. <laughs> Pray and say, God, I'm tired of this going on. Please do something. And God will shake it together. And people will cross from one aisle to the other to hug somebody they've been cussing. Yeah. But God doesn't shook it together. Pieced it together. We need to let God do it. How did they make up like that? Well, they did at the presence of God. And that's the only way. Church, you need to get shook up. Need to get shook up. At the presence of God. Uh, I love singing as much as anybody. And I shout on singing. I do. I shout on It shakes me up sometimes. Now, it does. I, I like it. I like good singing. I don't like bebop or little stuff. But I like, I really like that hymn. I really like that. I, I, I really like it. I think you hinder God by some songs, too. I don't think you're going to see. I, I, well, let me go on. I'm, okay. And sometimes God shakes the church. And once he shakes the preacher, once he shakes the church, who knows, we may see a little shaking going on in the community. Oh, yeah. Yeah. If you walk by the community, somebody might catch on fire up there. <laughs> My prayer at our church uh, every day, I pray that God let the people of Franklin, Georgia realize there's something on top of this hill that they need. Yes, and if they don't need it, I, we don't want them up there. But if it's something we can do, so you need to catch your community on fire. And the heavens drop, you can, 
figure out what you mean by that and what he meant by the heavens dropping. Uh, just like I think Tyler and I move, I think the heaven drops. Uh, but you can liken that unto the blessings coming out of heaven. Uh, blessing us, all right? Uh, some folks say it's rain. Well, why did God he said it's rain before? Why did he say it dropped then? I don't believe he changed that. It might have rained. I don't know. But that's not what he meant. If that's what he meant, he said rain. He said at the presence of God, the heavens drop. This is the thought that comes to my mind. Heaven came down and glory filled my soul. That's what I thought about when I read that. At the presence of God, heaven came down. <laughs> Old brother home ever used to say that. Make your hair stand up on the back of your neck. He had that old baritone-like voice, and he sang out, Heaven came down and glory filled my soul. Don't you reckon, don't you reckon that's what it meant when he said heaven dropped? Yes, At the presence of God. They don't, it don't drop just because God's omnipresent. It drops when God gets up and starts moving at the presence of God. I, I just believe that's what happened. And if we if two or three agree together, there you go. Don't, don't go look at this stuff up I said in any commentaries so that you confuse you. All right. <laughs> Could it mean the blessings of God? Sure. Even Mount Sinai, and I'm going to close on this, even Mount Sinai, itself was moved at the presence of God. I told you I thought it was moved. You can't move Mount Sinai. I think it may be a chain of mountains. God can. Some mountains. Okay, could I, could I make a confession? I've got a mountain in my life right now. What is it? None of your business. I don't care if you know. I don't want the devil to know. Well, he knows everything. Who told you that? He told you that. He, God never told you that. You know, he, know, he knows too much about me. You know why? I told him. I, I, you know, stand up and pull my out and cry around and tell the devil and everybody else what's going on in your life. I don't want him knowing what's going on. But I got a mountain in my life, and that mountain is, is a little harder uh, to, to move than some other mountains in my life. Uh, but God moved it. Uh, I tried to study on the Mount Sinai. That'd be a terrible big mountain thing to, to move. But God said he moved it. Now you said, I don't believe he actually moved it. Well, that's all right. See, see. But, but let me ask you this. If you don't think he did move it, do you think he could move it? How about that? It does not matter much where we believe. That's not the main thing. The main thing is that you believe he could. That's the main thing. Not the main thing is he did, but that he could. I believe he did, but I also believe he can. Speaking about mountain, I'm going to give you this illustration, and I'm going to, uh, I told you earlier today about the land that I got in Papua New Guinea, swamp, 
thing is. Me and Richard was there praying with some other guys. No way you build a church on that. I mean, it was just impossible. Some of these guys got to praying about believing God moved mountains and pray that God give them a mountain. God move a mountain over here. A lot of mountains over here. A lot of mountains scattered around don't even need. Lord, we really need a mountain here. You, ever, you need a mountain move? That may be a place you need a mountain. But man, that mountain there, nobody needs that. Have you ever had a mountain you don't think anybody needs that? And Lord, you can move that mountain, but Lord, don't just move that mountain and not do us any good. If, when you move that mountain, we want to see the benefit. I don't mind going through trials for patience because I'm going through patience. I'm going to go through trials anyway. I might as well get patience out of it. I don't want to go through a trial and get nothing. Okay. But what happened here is they got to pray for a mountain. And let me be honest with you. I, 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 believe, I believe God can. I believe God can do that. Did I believe God would? Somebody there did. I have literally. Now, you, you don't get up after I say this first thing and leave. You'll think I'm a really off the deep end. I have literally, with these two eyes, watched God. Literally. Not figuratively, not spiritually, but literally move a mountain about 20 miles. I saw it. Saw it with my eyes. You said, Brother Saul, I don't believe that. I saw it. If you don't believe that God did it, do you believe that God can? Yes, sir. That God can do it. How did he do that, Brother Charles? A dump truck load at a time. Yes, sir. A dump truck load at a time. And the first time... That little dump truck dumped the dump load out in that swamp. It disappeared. I said, Lord, this is going to take a long time. Then I thought, we didn't put a time limit on God. We just told him we wanted it. Then we got to praying, God, we need to build a church on this providence. And if you go over there now today, there's a swamp full of mountains full of mountain. They actually moved a mountain from town where they go put a subdivision right to Devon. And we, they got fruit trees on planted on it now, banana trees. They play volleyball and volleyball. There's a church built up here on the swamp there, Wagani Swamp, where no place to build. And I always said, Devil gave us that land, but God made it where we could use it. I saw God move a mountain. Now, wasn't you getting a little scared there a little bit? When I started talking about literally, I saw it, but I did. It was a mountain. But see, I know God moved mountains. I know he can do it. I know he can do it. I changed my prayer about moving mountains. God, you move this mountain, but please... Put it where it'll do me the most good. He didn't say I annihilated that mountain. Right. He just moved it. 
He moved him. All right. What can God do in the presence? At his moving. That is actually what God will do with you in this church is up to you. It's going to be what you make it. Everybody stand. Hey, bow down, close.